This is Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. For 31 days, October brings the impact of breast cancer to the forefront of the national conversation. But the real conversation lasts much longer for patients, survivors, and their loved ones. So we just want to keep that same face that they're used to seeing, but behind that mask, it's, it's a tough battle. Today, we're having a deeper conversation into diagnosis and the work from others in the community to help bring a healing hand. Welcome to Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. I'm Colorado Public Radio's Nathan Heffel. And I'm Denver 7's Micah Smith. Each week in a partnership between Denver 7 and CPR, we'll be having a real talk about issues impacting underrepresented people across Colorado. And we're going to start with a large number, 242,000. That's about how many people are diagnosed with breast cancer every year, according to the CDC. Breast cancer is the second most common cancer in the United States killing nearly 910,000 women from 1999 to 2020. But women aren't the only ones affected. The American Cancer Society predicts about 2,800 men will also be diagnosed with breast cancer this year, and about 350 men will die. Starting our real talk, we want to hear from the professionals when it comes to these diagnoses and how to stay aware of your health. So joining us now are doctors Nancy Taft and Gray Joden from Denver Health. Thank you both so much for being here today. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thanks for having us. I think the obvious question is, is to ask, you know, who's the most at risk for breast cancer? You know, risk and assessing the risk, that's one of the biggest things that we do. We feel pretty passionate about it because we can empower people to make some decisions about their care. There's two features that um, of the people who have high risk. One is that they're born biologically a woman and number two, aging. And unfortunately, a lot of people think as they get older that they're past that point, um, but in fact, that's not true. I would say the one thing I've found since I've been here in Denver is that I'm seeing a lot of young patients. And when I first got here, I was like, what's going on? But I looked at the, the statistics for the state and the county of Denver actually has a large number of people less than 50 years of age. I saw six patients uh, with cancer in a clinic last week, and three of them were less than 50 mm. years old. Wow. As a social equity reporter, I often look at disparities when it comes to patients, when it comes to care. So I have to ask this next question. Why do black and brown women die from breast cancer more often, despite there being such a large gap in cases between us and, say, white women? So that's something that um, we've studied a lot, and there's a lot of concern about that. Um, what we've inherited here in the United States, a very diverse uh, population, different ethnicities and races, um, it does provide a little bit of a challenge for the oncology community and how to manage that. And we know with um, ladies that are black and brown um, that oftentimes they have what's called triple negative breast cancer. Um, and that means that a lot of the targets that Dr. Joden here mm -hmm. uh, recommends that they're not candidates for that. So they, these people, a lot of times they have to have chemotherapy. A lot of times they have a genetic mutation. And then the last thing that we want to look at is we want to make sure, and this one thing I love about Denver Health is making sure that they have equal access to care. Dr. Joden, go into that a little bit more in terms of the, you know, what you're looking for when, you, when you're assessing someone who possibly has breast cancer and, and the fact that they might not know the signs themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so the usual signs and symptoms for breast cancer, it's typically a small bump, sometimes bigger that you feel in the breast or under the arm. And sometimes you can think, you know, oh, it's a bite, 
maybe I got a bruise, but oftentimes it's something that needs to be further evaluated and sometimes it's ignored. And so we generally do recommend that if you feel a lump in the breast or under the arm, that you go see your doctor just to make sure it's not something concerning like cancer. Um, kind of regarding the markers that Dr. Taft was referring to, there, the breast cancer is a large spectrum of different types of cancer, and some are hormone positive, meaning that estrogen or progesterone hormones that women have high levels of are driving the growth of the cancer. There's also a protein called HER2 that can drive cancer growth. And so when we're looking at cancer, new cancer diagnoses, we're trying to see if the cancers have these markers. And if, they're ha if they do have the hormone positivity, we can use anti-hormone treatments to treat the cancer. If they have a HER2 positivity, we can use HER2 targeted treatments. But in triple negative patients, which means they don't have hormone receptors or don't have HER2 receptors, that means none of those treatments will work. And we're kind of limited to just using chemotherapy and sometimes immunotherapy for those patients. Dr. Jonan, I do want to talk about men and breast cancer because men can get breast cancer. Are they as likely as women to get it? I guess who is most at risk? Yeah, so men are a lot less likely to develop breast cancer than women. Out of all breast cancer diagnoses in the United States, about 0.5 to 1% are men. And to give that a number, it's less than 3,000 patients per year. And so in general, it's a lot less common for men to get them, but the symptoms that men have who do develop breast cancer are the same. Um, it's usually a lump in the chest that they can feel or under the arms. But men in general don't think about breast cancer because they're men and generally don't think that they're at risk for breast cancer. And so they oftentimes won't think that something growing in their chest could be cancer. Now, Dr. Taft, I think there's a sense of we have people of color, and you went on top of that, person of color who is a male. And, and is there a correlation there that, that men who maybe are uh, of color are more at risk than, than not? They may be at risk. Like we do genetic testing, and if they've inherited a gene, in fact, every man that's diagnosed with breast cancer, we send them for genetic testing. Uh -huh. And I think we so many times focus on the women in the group, but I think when there is a family history, the men need to be tested right along with the women. So then they definitely fit in that category. But you add that stigma into that as well right. of being a man oh. with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. That's gotta be tough to overcome as a doctor saying, it's okay, we see yeah. this, this is not just you. And they come in and you'll think about it. I mean, they're coming into women's imaging, you know, a lot of times it's pink, it's all, you know, kind of decked out for women. Um, I find some of them are a little embarrassed about it, and so it's a it's a difficult conversation. Mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. When you do get a breast cancer diagnosis, I like I like to be hopeful. Can you walk me through some of the things that are already in place when you go to the hospital? What can you expect? Because I do know that medicine has come a long way. Yeah. Lots of treatment options. Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through that? Um, the first thing is that before you've arrived, we've already gone through your records in detail. We've spent a lot of time looking at your imaging, looking at your pathology, um, you know, going through all the old records, trying to find out what's your family history. Um, so we've done a lot of preparation for you, and we a lot of times have outlined a plan before you get mm -hmm. there. But once you get there, we have to get to know you. Mm -hmm. You know, what's important to you? Um, what do you want out of this? What's your life like? Because at the end of the day, we want to get you cured of your cancer. We also want you to get your life back. Mm -hmm. Dr. Nancy Taft is a specialist in breast surgery along with Gray Joden, director of oncology, both of Denver Health. Coming up, why more people of color are being diagnosed with breast cancer and what's being done to educate those most at risk. This is Real Talk from Denver 7 and CPR News.
Welcome back to Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. I'm Colorado Public Radio's Nathan Happel. And I'm Denver 7's Micah Smith. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and today we're talking with experts about what to look out for and who it affects. Over 173,000 white women and 28,000 black women are diagnosed every year. Now, despite the drastic difference in number of cases, black women have the highest breast cancer death rates of every ethnic group. Yeah, black women had a 41% higher death rate from breast cancer than white women from 2011 to 2016. And joining us now to talk about these numbers is Jackie Wesley with the Colorado Cancer Coalition. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your role uh, with the Colorado Cancer Coalition. What have you noticed when it comes to cancer care regarding women of color? So my role at uh, Colorado Cancer Coalition is I just became the chair of the Breast Cancer Task Force. And the goal is to get out in the BIPOC community uh, so that we can raise awareness uh, it, with women of color because, you know, black indigenous people of color, we have a higher death rate. And so the goal is to get out to the community and make sure that those folks get, uh, get checked, uh, make sure that they know the facts, make sure they know how to check. And so that's the goal of, of the task force. And Jackie, you, this is personal for you. You have lived experience. Would you mind sharing some of your journey with sure. us? Sure. So I was diagnosed with uh, stage uh, 3B inductal carcinoma uh, back in 20, 2003. Mm -hmm. And I had a bilateral mastectomy, reconstruction, chemotherapy, radiation, and a five-year regimen. So my goal was, when I was diagnosed, it was really nobody that I knew to talk to about it. And so my goal was, <laughs> let me help other people fight the battle. And so that's the purpose of fighting together to save lives so that people don't have to be alone. Because when you're diagnosed, you're very afraid. It's like a death sentence. But if you know, if nowadays it doesn't have to be a death sentence because we have awareness out there. We have, uh, you know, better odds. So the goal is to make sure that you're educated about breast cancer and how it affects your personal life. Yeah, and I know it's not always incumbent on us mm -hmm. to advocate for ourselves as people of color, but is there a way for us to be a cheerleader when we go in there after we get that diagnosis saying, I think I know, I need to know what's going on and can I advocate for myself because I am a person of color and, and there are disparities there. Well, I tell you, uh, you are your own self's best advocate. And so it's important for you to be aware of your diagnoses. It's important for you to ask questions. It's important for you to get the answers to those questions and don't leave until you can get them. Mm. Because if you know what your diagnosis is, then that, that battle is your journey and it gives you the ability to fight harder. Yeah. Jackie, my grandmother was a breast cancer survivor, but I didn't know this for the majority of my life. And mm -hmm. I noticed at least a trend in my own family that a lot of the black women who were survivors really didn't talk about it when they were going through it mm -hmm. or even after. Why do you think that is in our community? For, for us, for me, in my community, I believe that it's because of fear. Mm. You know, people are afraid of how they will look different. And so, you know, this year for October, the story behind the mask, we all have a story to tell. But the deal is, is when we get diagnosed, we believe that we look different. So we want to mask up and don't let anybody know, mm. you know, and so we just want to keep that same face that they're used to seeing. But really behind that mask, they are, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough battle. And, but again, every October, every every Breast Cancer Awareness Month, the pink ribbons come out, the cancer runs come out. It is so widely known that this is such an important topic. 
why is there that fear? And, and is it just for the people of color community or, or is it really everyone? I think it's everyone. Nobody really? wants to know that they're sick, mm -hmm. you know? And so half the battle is knowing, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't go get tested because you think you're, you know, you're not at that age bracket, oh, well, I'm not, 50, I'm not 40 yet, I don't need a mammogram. But if you have family history, then you need to, you need to consider that because, you know, Genetic testing is real and you can find out that way, but if you know that you have a grandmother or aunt or a sister, you want to make sure that you're doing your, self, your monthly breast self-exams. Right. Yeah. We do know the runs and the ribbons do raise money for right. important, important research and other things. Uh, when you go and meet with patients, when you go and meet with women, men who are going through this, what are some of the immediate needs that they need most? Well, I can tell you for us, it's basic needs. You know, uh, and the basic need is a mammogram. And so some people that don't have insurance, they have, you know, not good health care. Uh, the goal is to partner with the community to make sure that we can get those resources out to those folks that don't have insurance. And there's many avenues out there. But again, if, if no one knows, they don't know what to ask. So we want to continue to raise awareness. We want to continue to let folks know that there are resources available in the community at the different healthcare uh, level that are willing to help these women and men get mammograms. And when you were going through this, is there anything that wasn't told to you or told to you maybe later on in the process that you wish you would have known up front? Well, my eldest sister is a three-time breast cancer survivor. And so I'm, I'm the fifth girl. And so I went in with, a, with knowledge because I watched her. But for me, my thing was to making sure I had all of the information that I needed. So I researched. I tried to find out what would happen for uh, being a, a African-American woman. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I just really kind of got involved because if we don't look to know, we don't know. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing. If we don't look, if we don't think about it, it it's still going to be there. Right. That's right. Hiding from it isn't isn't the way to go no, about this. No, it's not. It's not. It's, yeah. You know, the, it, it's cure is available, and, and when I say cure, I mean if you get tested early, and if you go in and take care of, you know, getting the mammogram, and if you have a lump, to getting the biopsy, knowledge, truth to power. You know, that's what's important. So if we if we do that, then it's you know the numbers will come down. But the goal is to have the courage to take that big step. Take that big step. And that is a big step. Yes. We don't want to diminish it because we know this is very scary. But as I said before, I like to end on hope. And I like that testing early. There is help out there. There is a, a community of people yes. there and willing to help. That's Jackie Wesley of the Colorado Cancer Coalition. Still to come, we take a closer look at how some in the community are using their talents to turn the scars of a mastectomy into art or even inspiration. This is Real Talk from Denver 7 and CPR News. Welcome back to Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. I'm Denver 7's Micah Smith. And I'm Colorado Public Radio's Nathan Heffel. After a breast cancer diagnosis, some doctors recommend a mastectomy. It's a surgery that removes all breast tissue to prevent the cancer from growing any further. And for some, that surgery brings years of pain and a feeling of less than. But there are artists that are turning those marks into art or even inspiration. So joining us now is Erin Official of Iconic Inc. and Victoria Tovar of Lavender Aesthetics to talk about their work here in the community. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. All right, so both of you do this special kind of art. Talk to me about what led you into this. And we can start with you, Victoria. 
Um, so I've been a licensed cosmetologist already for nine years, and I briefly worked at a tattoo, a tattoo shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to bring something to the table as well as a tattoo artist, not necessarily like art-wise, where it's like portraits or anything, but since I already was in the beauty industry, I just thought of tattoos and beauty, and they collide, and they yeah. bring this type of art. And what do you specialize in specifically with mastectomy tattoos? Uh, just recreating the nipple and areola 3D, so it's more uh, photorealism. Yeah, very important. Aaron, what about you? So I didn't really decide to get into this. I got a phone call one day and pretty much decided to take it on, and over the years I've done quite a few of them. Yeah. And Tattoos in themselves are so personal, you know, um, but I'm thinking when someone has a diagnosis or has the surgery, um, it's, it's so deep, right? It's such a deep feeling. And, and when you're doing the work, um, are, you, are you working with people to maybe hide it, but then maybe also show the fact that they've had a mastectomy as well? I would say definitely to hide it. Um most people really it's just getting their confidence back you know putting something beautiful over what's there it isn't necessarily going to make it go away but it's something else to look at you yeah. know yeah. and victoria for you it's a it's reconstruction in a sense right yes. yeah so i'm in in that sense i'm just recreating what's either there already or i'm recreating both areola and nipples as well mm -hmm. instead of hiding it i'm more um disguising it in a way Thinking about the process, um, and Aaron, this one's for you. I know in tattoos in general, sometimes it takes one, two, three sessions. Are these multiple sessions? Does it just depend on the request? What does is, what is the actual session look like? It definitely depends on what's getting done mm -hmm. because the detail of it can make it take longer. But it's generally something that could be done in a full day. But some people want to go higher up onto their chest, and that takes more time, you know. It's very, very variable to the situation, you know. There's a lot of factors involved in how long a tattoo is really going to take. And what does it look like? For, for those listening on the radio, or, or, I mean, is it really, um, I guess just explain what they look like. So what I do is like delicate, fine line floral work. So it would be something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it can be like almost like the Little Mermaid type of shells, or it can be almost like a bra kind of shape. It kind of depends on, you know, really what people want. And what it, we're going to do. And it's like a consultation that you guys really must become so close yes. while you're learning exactly about what they wanted because you know, it's so important to them. Yeah. I know as artists, there are certain works of art that you've created that stick out in your mind. Would either one of you or both of you mind sharing some of the clients that you've had and the work that you've done with them that really stick out to you? Uh, for me, I think um, some clients do tend to get a little bit more fun with this. So instead of just recreating a regular just oval, just areola and nipples. Some of the patients do ask for more of like a heart shaped and get a little bit more creative just to bring some fun out of a situation that didn't bring so much fun in the past. Yeah, and Erin, you mentioned shells or maybe a bra or, 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 or any of your art pieces sticking out in your head so with this it's, question. It's not so much the actual piece of art that sticks out in my head. It's really just the feeling that I can tell after I'm done that these people just feel better about themselves, you know? It's not so much about the actual creation of it, but the final effect. Because, yeah. I mean, a tattoo artist isn't a world-changing job. It's not, <laughs> it's not something that's really super impactful on a daily basis. So when I get a chance to do something like that, it kind of makes me feel better, you know, yeah. than the average day. Yeah. 
And, and you said you didn't get into this kind of to do this type of work, but it, are people now searching out saying, hey, I, I really feel that you're doing a great job. I'd like to have you work so with me. That's kind of how it goes, word of mouth. Mm -hmm. One person leads to the next. I wouldn't say it's like an every week thing, you know, but and thank God because that would mean more people are having that issue with cancer and the less I do it, the better off the world is, you know? What about you, Victoria? Do you partner with any organizations or is it kind of same word of mouth? People just learn that you do this? Um, a lot of word of mouth. Um, I have ran into like working with some organizations of breast cancer or I've had just referrals from people that have been in a breast cancer just like clinic or anything like that. And they're like, we suggest you look at a cosmetic side of it just because obviously surgery doesn't always work well. And um, honestly, it's not a thing that's been searched a lot. I don't think a lot of people think of like wake up in the morning they're like I'm gonna get my areola nipple tattoo today right <laughs> but I think the fact that that it's something that you do that people are searching what to do that mm -hmm. it, it it's fascinating to me that that is something that is artwork right does that make sense that that people are saying this is what I want to have done because I'm having this traumatic experience and it makes you feel more comfortable feel more alive feel more uh, yourself if that makes sense of course yeah definitely especially like when a client has just one areola and nipple just left then it's that constant reminder when they're by themselves in front of the mirror they it just doesn't make them feel as confident as they used to be so it's almost kind of like when you lose all your hair the areola and the nipple it's just a constant reminder of the negative things that came with it. So I just love that I'm bringing a positive outlet for them and just bringing back that confidence and that smile that they once had and they haven't seen in a while. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna get real here. Okay, I'm gonna here we state go. the obvious. This is not an arm <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> and with that said, uh, with it being in a more sensitive area, is there a different approach that you take or anything like that? Well, so I found a lot of times these women have lost a lot of sensitivity in that area. And um, the ones that I've done have actually been mostly replaced, you know, with a fake breast. So it's kind of not an issue. And I think maybe they've gone through so much pain with the whole process already that it just really isn't a big deal to them, you know, as far as pain-wise. Right, that makes sense, especially if they're going for more of an artistic piece that's representative of their yeah. journey instead of the nipple reconstruction. Right. right. All right, this has been a really interesting really talk. I want to thank both of you for being here with us today for this Real Talk. And thank you for the hope that you're bringing so many survivors. Actually, thank you guys, yeah. really. Thank oh, you thank for you. letting people know that we're here to help them. That was Aaron Official of Iconic Inc. and Victoria Tovar of Lavender Aesthetics. And that's this week's episode of Real Talk with Denver 7 and CPR News. Every week we'll be having a real talk on issues that impact Coloradans who are often overlooked. You can find all of our shows on denver7.com slash realtalk or at cpr.org slash realtalk. Have a great day.